You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name. Joining me as always is my good friend Frank Madden. And Frank, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm fine. Um, I was just watching the Mavericks do the Bucks a solid. Uh, not help their tanking uh, effort any, but by uh, beating the Indiana Pacers in Dallas. Um, so looking at the standings, Milwaukee Bucks on Tuesday night. TNT game against the Washington Wizards. If the Bucks win, there will be a three-way tie for the fourth slash fifth slash sixth spots in the East. So that's pretty interesting and just a good reminder of just how uh, how much this stuff changes day to day. Just how tightly packed all these teams are. And um, again, uh, Bucks couldn't take care of business on Sunday, but another chance to do so against a Wizards team that has been playing really well without John Wall. We might be looking at a playoff matchup, huh? Maybe a little 4-5 or five action with the Wizards. We'll see about that. Uh, we'll preview that game here at the end of this podcast. Before we do that, it, it was something I had brought up the other day, um, or I guess yesterday's podcast. We had talked a little bit about Jabari Parker and kind of where he's at and, and how things are going. And obviously in that game against the Pelicans, he had his highest minute total. He had his highest point total. And uh, I guess there's, uh, I think, at least some interest in trying to figure out when does he come back, when is he really going to get a, a full minutes load what is a full minutes load with the way that this team is constructed how does he fit in like i think all of those things are still yet to be answered and we're a, a little while into this we're not all the way into figuring out exactly uh what jabari parker is going to look like but he did have six games before the all-star break um he did take one off for the back-to-back in orlando um but still six games for the all-star break now two after the all-star break and um we're just kind of getting into it and one of the things i had brought up was just kind of taking a look i was trying to think back to when jabari came back from his first acl and then when chris came back from his hamstring injury. And uh, for some reason, I was thinking the Bucks were, were kind of more aggressive the first time. And what I mean by saying aggressive is like playing him more minutes and uh, just kind of getting him right back into the flow of things. Um, so I looked some of that up, and maybe some of it's interesting, maybe it's not. But uh, the first time Jabari tears his ACL uh, was obviously in his rookie season, and then he comes back in 2015-16. Uh, he makes his debut against the Sixers uh, on November 4th. He played 16 minutes, uh, and then from there, 17 minutes in the next game, 24 minutes in the next game, 23 minutes in the next game. Uh the game following that was a back-to-back, so he did not play, which is somewhat similar to kind of the way, I mean, almost exactly the same way as he started this time around, where it was four games, 
Knicks, Nets, Knicks, Miami, and then a back-to-back where he took a day off. Uh, And then for him the first time around, it was after that day off, it was 30 minutes against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, I'm trying to think back to that year. That might – was that the – was that Giannis scoring 33 in prime time? Or I'm trying to think back. Uh, that At the start of that Cleveland year, they had one game on TNT where Giannis kind of had a coming out party. Um, but 30, 30 minutes for him there. Next game, they had him sit out. That was three days later. He sits out that game and then comes back the following game. So five days after the first Cleveland game and plays 30 minutes there. And then after that, it goes down to 21, 27, 21, 21, 17, 25, 25, 26, uh, and then 19. And then after that, it was back into 30. So part of me was wondering there, like, were the Bucks too aggressive with him the first time in ramping him up that quickly and getting him that 30 that they pushed too hard, had to take a day, day off, and then come back again, and then maybe they were a little bit too hard again with 30? Like, I, I don't know. It was just kind of interesting to sort of think about that. And then... Taking a look at Chris last year, um, he had returned, played two games, fourteen minutes or fifteen minutes, and then twenty minutes. Had a back to back, then uh, that he sat out in. Then seventeen, twenty five, twenty four, twenty eight. Another back to back, he sat that one out, and then after that was playing thirty plus minutes pretty much every night. So Chris was, I mean, that's pretty quick. Uh, the he obviously had an all-star break like Jabari did, um, where it was coming back over the all-star break. But um, just kind of an interesting spot there. I don't really know what to make of any of it. Um, I don't think I have any concerns that Jabari isn't reacting the way that he should to getting the minutes that uh, he needs to get or anything like that. I'm not upset that he didn't come back in for offense defense situations at the end of that last game like he had a minutes limit he hit it and that should be good enough like I'm not really concerned about any of that but I'm just curious uh, do you have any thoughts on kind of how everything is progressing what we think we're going to see um, as we go forward here because uh, we're looking at Jabari's first post all-star break back-to-back here where uh, the Bucks have the Wizards tonight and then they have the Pistons on Wednesday so what are you thinking for kind of where we're going with Jabari yeah I mean I think the most interesting question to me is is sort of where are we in you know April and like the question we're talking about the other day of of do we get to the point where Jabari Parker actually is starting games for Milwaukee Bucks right um and, you know, as I said previously, I think from a fit standpoint for this roster right now, I think, you know, having um, Tony Snell or, you know, even Sterling Brown or, you know, pick kind of more just a um, floor spacing three and D type guy with the starters just balances the lineups and the rotations better than putting Jabari out there with all your other firepower to start. Um, you know, I, I like the idea of, of kind of bringing in Jabari early to give Giannis maybe an early rest midway through the first and then bringing Giannis back late in the first so he can then get Chris and then Giannis and Jabari can get time at the end of the first going into the second, which is what Joe Prenti has largely been doing. Um, and so I think the question, you know, is just how do you continue to, you know, stretch out Jabari and, you know, do you just continue to do what you have been doing? And then obviously the, Main question, which was, you know, discussed in Matt Velasquez's article today about Jabari's ongoing rehab is, you know, well, he hasn't closed any games. He came out around seven and a half minute mark on Sunday. Uh, you know, do we see at some point here that he is closing out games? I think certainly from his perspective, um, seems like that's probably much more important to him than than starting at this point, um, being able to be out on the court in those high leverage situations. But, you know, as we've talked about, 
with his defensive questions and with sort of, you know, the too many cooks type type thing, especially late in games where offenses tend to get pretty one dimensional anyway. You know, if you're just kind of running two man games with the honest anyway, um, you know, is, is Jabari really the best option to even have on the court if he's just going to be kind of standing over by the side and then having to play defense? That, those are tough questions that, you know, again, um, matter this year and then also kind of matter in the big picture right like about how he fits into the greater scheme of of this team but i think if you look at it you know just in the very kind of like what have we seen so far you know as he said the other day i mean his numbers overall you know i mean obviously he's his minutes have been down as, as you pointed out obviously with the minute limitations um you know certainly it's funny to look back at his previous comeback just because you wonder you know how much of that is the jason kidd effect back then of you know kid just <laughs> two thirty there two thirty minute nights like five and six games in like that's i feel like that's too much yeah and, and who knows right i mean there's no you know again like he's medically cleared to there's play. not a man not like like Right. It's not like his ACL is expected to tear in half if he plays 25 minutes, but it's fine at 24. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, the ACL should be fine regardless. But obviously, you know, his conditioning, his rhythm, um, you know, ramping up too fast. You worry about other injuries as well. And, you know, as well, I mean, you know, guys come back. You never know if guys it, are they doing something where they're compensating for the injury that they are yeah. coming back from? Are they more likely to have some other injury because of that? I mean, you know. All that stuff you leave to Troy Flanagan, Suki Hobson, and the sports performance people to understand and you know kind of gauge things as they do. Um, and there have been kind of a few moments where it's looked like he's kind of come up and looked a little ginger, and you know you kind of held your breath a little bit. But um, obviously, so far, you know, the, in the story that Matt wrote, you know, no setbacks so far. Fingers crossed, all that continues. And um, certainly, what we saw on Sunday, you know, 18 points on 14 shots, missed missed a bunch of jump shots, um, but also had a couple threes. And again, he's looked active getting to the rim and you know I, I i talked a little bit about the numbers he had coming into sunday obviously his he had his biggest scoring performance of his comeback so far and you know you look at his aggregate stats um he he's not far from where he was you know when he got hurt really in terms of the numbers which again small sample and if you you know i'm, I'm looking at like per 36 minutes just because obviously his minutes have been reduced he's under 20 minutes per game right now so tough to compare the raw stats but you know if you look at it per 36 he's right at about 20 points per 36 7.4 rebounds 1.4 assists 1.4 steals 0.7 blocks um shooting 47 percent from the field 36.4 percent from three last year he was at 36.5 percent but he shot 3.7 versus 2.6 this year per 36 so he isn't taking as many threes two point percentage down a shade um but still solid and interestingly i mean his free throw attempts per 36 are actually career high he's at 5.5 versus 4.5 last year and he's you know shooting 87 percent so you know again ml's is a very small sample theater but um you know again it's it's encouraging that he's he's scoring at a at a high clip and certainly it's a, a big you know positive for the bucks bench because we've talked a lot about you know their the the issues they've had getting consistent scoring and um you know you look back to a couple of years ago even when you factor in that he played a lot better after the all-star break um it took him a lot longer to to really start putting up numbers that year. Um, you know, I think after the All Star break, he was like eighteen point eight, eighteen point nine points per game. Um, but you know, per thirty six that year, the whole year, he was at sixteen points per thirty six, six boards. You know, his true shooting percentage was lower this year. He's at almost fifty seven percent. So, um, you know, you kind of cross your fingers and hope that that efficiency carries over as his minutes ramp up and you know that he isn't just you know certainly i think part of it is taking advantage of second units right now he's probably not facing as many of the best lineups uh, of the opponent so that helps um so i think certainly the numbers are are encouraging um but obviously with him too i mean 
you know, a lot of it's like watching, you know, what do you see? I mean, I think you still see certainly like every game there's like, you know, one one flashbulb moment where, you know, defensively he's like Oof. in a complete wrong zip code, right? And um, that that is certainly still a concern and ultimately a huge question mark about him. Um, but again, you know, I think – I think it's a it's a tough spot. It seems like from the article Matt wrote, you know, I mean, Jabari's the really hard guy to read. You know, his interviews are always, <laughs> he, he never seems to want to be having the interviews when he's talking about basketball. Um, you know, he seems to be, you know, just sort of embracing the fact that he is able to play at all um, and and that he is on the court rather than sitting on the sidelines or rehabbing. And, you know, I think he, he knows that all too well at this point. Um, but, you know, at the same time, in there are moments where, you know, he's had um, like the, the moment in Miami where he, basically just walked to the corner and didn't look to post up a smaller player. And, you know, Giannis and, and Joe Prenti were like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. Um, he seemed to be, I, I couldn't really see it, but I, I noticed, I know some people were talking about him um, seeming to sort of get at Tony Snell when Snell made that bad decision to try to dunk the ball yesterday instead of throwing him a lob. Um, but I don't know. I mean, that just doesn't really bother me as much. Um, you know, I also noticed uh, Chris Welker in my mentions pointed out, took a couple pictures from the game where, you know, he, there were timeouts and Jabari was like nowhere near the timeout or sitting on the bench alone and just seemingly disengaged. Um, and again, I don't, I don't know what to make of that necessarily. You know, I, I think, you know, emo Jabari, there's definitely some of that <laughs> that yeah. you kind of wonder about with him. And he's kind of a, a tough guy to read personality wise, as far as, you know, how happy he is with his role and things like that. But, um, obviously it's still early from coming back from a very serious injury. And, um, you know, it seems like he's, he is still, uh, I'm sure he very much appreciates the fact that he is playing period. And, um, I, I think probably the more interesting question, as I said, is, you know, where is he in, in two months? Because, um, you know, certainly I think he's ahead of the curve where he was a couple of years ago coming back from that first one. But as we talked about after his first game, I mean, he's a better, more talented, more mature, uh, I think physically more capable guy than he was back then as well. So you'd expect him to be better. Yeah, it, you're 100% right. I don't know if I've ever... I can count on one hand the number of conversations I've had with Jabari Parker where I've been clear about what his mood and feeling is about whatever we talked about <laughs> afterwards. Like uh, It's just not something that you really have with him. Uh, he's really, really difficult to read. Um, so I would agree with that synopsis. And I guess just what's interesting right now to me is you mentioned the f- free throw attempt rate. And I mean, that that to me is kind of exciting because I think it shows to some extent that there's the explosiveness there, that there's the will to attack, and there's just, just, just no fear. Like there's not so, some belief that, oh no, what could what could happen if I go try to dunk on this dude? What could happen if I plan hard and attack the rim? What happens if I don't land quite right? Like those concerns don't really seem to be there. Cause uh, obviously contact in air is the time where you might not be able to account for exactly the way that you're going to land like a jump shot. You're going to feel pretty confident that, okay, I'm going to go up, I'll come down and I know where my feet will be and everything will be fine. But, uh, attacking the basket, you're going to have some awkward landings. You're going to have some times where, where something could go wrong with your legs. So, uh, to me, the seeing that free throw attempt rate, like seeing that be really high right now or higher than it's been in the past. Like uh, to me, that is, that is exciting with him. But, um, man, it, this is, 
I do. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I don't envy this front office trying to have to figure out what the number is on him after the season. I don't envy the front office trying to. I guess at some point you probably have to. I mean, you you almost have to pass notes to Joe Prunty and be like, "Hey, could we see him in this situation? Uh, I know you're in the middle of like a playoff race, uh, but we'd like to see this lineup cut. Like, because it's just so much you don't know about what." Jabari is going forward. You don't know how he fits with some people. Like you need to see him in a bunch of different ways. And well, you have about thirty games to get it done. Like that. That is that's that's difficult. <laughs> that's to me nerve wracking. Yeah, and you know, to put a little bit other color. I mean, you know, offensively with a team with him on the court has been really bad. Defensively, they've been not terrible. Um, you know, they're 99.3 points per 100 for 104.2 points per 100 allowed. So negative five points per 100 overall. I mean, that's one of the worst numbers on the team right now. But, you know, again, it's early. We'll, we'll see kind of how that evolves. Um, and I'm just kind of bringing up as, as we're talking, I was just going to bring up, I think certainly some of the, the numbers that are most interesting for a lot of us, obviously, is understanding like, what does he look like with with Giannis on the court? So I'm just going to try to pull up that as we talk. Um because again, and, and unfortunately, I don't know how big of a sample we're going to get this year, right? Um, yeah. it, it's not going to be an enormous sample, probably because you know, the, I guess the upside for Joe Prunty as he tries to you know balance certainly the front office wanting to see Jabari in different lineups, things like that, um, is the fact that he doesn't really have a lot of options at the backup forward no. spots anyway, right? Um, you know, uh, I know Ursan Eliso was mentioned as a potential target uh, after he was bought out by the. Hawks, but he's apparently going to back to back to Philly, which um, I, I, easy to forget. He was in Philly more recently than he was in Milwaukee. Um, and to be honest, it's sort of one of those things. Like if you signed Urson, like I, I mean, it, how exactly are are, are, are are you kind of feeding you know all those mouths? That that was kind yeah. of one thing I wasn't really sure about. Like you know, if I think if you just wanted to play Urson as like a small ball five a lot, maybe that would make more sense. But you know, you also have a number of guys the five that you know you seemingly were getting at least some comfort playing with so um, yeah like there's no doubt ursan is better than tyler zeller ursan is better than thon maker ursan is better than uh sean kilpatrick jason terry like all those people but all of those people play positions where you like need someone and playing the four is not a good spot to be um with the Milwaukee bucks if your name is not Giannis or jabari like there's just not minutes for you um, so I, I would agree. Like, there's no doubt to me that he was an upgrade over those people. And I, again, I don't even know if he would have had interest in Milwaukee, par- partially because of that reason. Um, but yeah, there's just there just won't have been minutes for him. Yeah, and so just to kind of put a little color around it, and again, really small samples um, of the main um, guys on the roster, the main kind of core players on the Bucks. Um, he's got the most minutes with blood, so 80 minutes. They're plus eight points per 100. So hey, okay, that's 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 positive. Um, Middleton just behind is 78 minutes, but they're negative 5.1 points per 100. And interesting, he's played 70 minutes with Giannis, and the Bucks are even. And weirdly, they have. Sc- scored basically no points 92 points per 100 but 92 points per 100 allowed (laughs) as well so for some reason um those two two guys together uh have been part of lineups which is really probably the opposite of what you expect for a jabari parker lineup you expect that you'd score a ton and you give up a ton um but again just underscoring like you know very early uh time for for all these types of lineups so tough to kind of really put your finger on what what necessarily is going on so um so yeah i'd say you know one of those things i mean is there a lot more you would have asked for for Jabari at this point? 
Not really. I mean, you know, again, like, I, I mean, knowing what he was, knowing what he is, what he probably will be, I think this has probably been, I don't want to say best case scenario, but it's pretty good. Very much, very much a good case scenario, right? I mean, he, it's not like he's derailed, you know, your rotations or, you know, you've lost games because you've been trying to get Jabari Parker minutes. They, hasn't, they haven't been great with him on the court, but, you know, that's been a recurring theme of the non-starting units anyway. Um, and obviously he's been scoring and, and being efficient, and that's what he's paid to do. So he's been doing what you expect. And as you said, he's been aggressive, um, you know, again, maybe not quite as, you know, to the full full power of his capabilities, <laughs> but um, but getting there. And, and interesting, you know, I mean, when we were talking about looking at the, his last comeback, you know, he didn't score. Uh, he scored 18 points. He didn't score that many points in a game until a month after he came back the last time. He actually scored 19 in the uh, win over the Warriors that snapped the 24-0 start. That was like uh, five weeks into the season. And then he didn't score more than 20 points until January 13th of that year. So it took him That's basically more than three months for him to. And again, 20 points is an arbitrary number. Under you know, understandably, right? But Again, it took him a while, and I, you know, and I remember him going to the uh, rookie sophomores game and and playing in that game, and he actually played pretty well. I remember I think he had a dunk on Porzingis, and um, it, he came back from that. It seemed like, and I think he may have said he talked to Paul George about you know when George came back from his uh, leg injury, and it seemed like you know that pro- that that process of going to the all-star game the weekend being around great players like some something kind of clicked and he came back looking a lot better a lot more aggressive than than he did before the injury and um again maybe he you know has internalized that for this comeback and you know i think maybe that first time maybe he was trying to just sort of fit in and not rock the boat too much and now he's realizing like hey (laughs) you know you're jabari parker like if you're not trying to score you're not you shouldn't be in the game right so um so the boat is mine to rock i am a yeah. boat rocker that is me yeah yeah exactly especially with Giannis off the court you know and um and i think the thing is you know the thing you would hope is that uh if he does start getting those late game opportunities you know i mean we see it with the bucks right like they they get any situations where late in the clock like they just don't know they just can't get a good shot and um again not that jabari is going to magically change that but you know, having one more guy out there who can create a, a decent look for himself um, under pressure, uh, that's obviously a positive thing, a guy who can create his own shot. And I know guys, you know, people are going to wring their hands if, you know, Jabari gets touches over Giannis, things like that. But, you know, again, having more weapons is is certainly a positive. And Jabari's obviously a guy who's shown he can play within the flow of an offense, which is obviously a big positive. All right. So that's Jabari Parker. Um, you'd mentioned something about, we obviously we've talked kind of about Giannis's slump, right? Like February just hasn't been as good to him. Uh, just 23, 23.7 points per game, 10.2 rebounds per game, 5.4 assists per game, which is a high for assists in a month, but really not like a standout number from those other things. Uh, the Bucks' offensive rating with him on the floor in February, these are basketball reference numbers, 105. The defensive rating, 104, which is nice, the defensive rating, but the offense with Giannis on the floor in February, um, not great, which is obviously not great for the Bucks. His free field goal percentage all the way down at uh, 48%, which are, are the shooting percentages of a mere mortal. Um, and Giannis is not that free throw line, 67%. So all things that are just not great there uh, for Giannis. And we've kind of talked about the slump. I don't know that we have any new theories for exactly what's going on in February. Um, Maybe just jumpers not falling quite at the same rate. Um, But really, uh, I I don't want to say I'm at a loss, but I I don't know if I have a, a... 
a theory on it that I'm 100% confident in, but you are looking at some of the other splits and saw some strange stuff. What do you got looking at some of the numbers for Giannis? Yeah, well, you know, obviously the the, the big macro concern is, you know, Giannis is right knee, right? And and he talked about with, uh, you know, the, the Greek press. Um, what What's his name? I'm putting you on the spot. I, I can't remember the guy from Eurohoops' name. Um, uh, Varlas Nikos. Okay. Or Nikos um, Varlas. I'm not, I can't remember. I can never remember yeah. what's shorter. Um, and... Uh, you know, he talked about his knee bothering him and, you know, how he's, he's, uh, you know, can't quite be himself right now and he doesn't have his, the explosion that he wants to, but um, he's going to be able to rehab it this summer and then he'll be back to himself next fall. And of course, you know, A, we talked about crap. That's not good to hear. <laughs> um, yeah. That, you know, again, not, not shocking because obviously we've heard about him needing these days to recharge. And, you know, he had that eight day period where he missed a couple of games. And, um, you know, obviously you hope that the All Star break would have helped, which I don't know how much it has. Um, but certainly that's a concern. You hope that he's also correct that this can actually, you know, be helped by a full summer of rehab. You know, obvious question well, why didn't the Bucks put him through that type of thing, you know, last summer, given it's not like, this is a random thing that first came up during the Greek training camp last year. I mean, Giannis's sort of sore knee has been an issue for years from, from everything we know. Um, so uh, that's obviously concerning, but, you know, looking kind of at the numbers, you know, the, an obvious question, I mean, obviously the big thing that we talked about initially was, you know, minutes, right. And, and, you know, Jason Kidd playing him too many minutes and that, that can't help. Right. I mean, every, every couple minutes of, of extra, you know, extra you know elongated stints i mean you you worry that you know is that is that longer stint you know playing 15 straight minutes or playing an entire second half is that going to be the thing that you know maybe either creates some some something worse than you thought with that right knee or or just opens you up to some other type of injury right not even necessarily the existing one we've seen you know jimmy butler demarcus cousins guys who've played the biggest minutes in the league this year go down with pretty serious injuries of late and you know, again, it's an epidemic in the league, right? Like there's not necessarily an obvious explanation for why guys are um, going down with, with major injuries at rates that we haven't seen before. Um, you know, I think one of the one of the things that makes the most sense to me is just that guys play harder than they did 20 years ago. Um, you know, maybe in the 90s when I first started watching, like there were plenty of rock fights, but, um, you know, the pace wasn't necessarily the way it is now. And, guys run um, a lot further now. Yeah, yeah, guys run. I mean, you know, you don't have – you know, now, I mean, with small lineups, like it's just a much more active game, I think, than, than yep. maybe previously it was. So um, and certainly with Giannis, right? I mean, Giannis is not a guy who's taking possessions off on defense or offense. So um, so obviously you have all those kind of concerns. So I was kind of curious, right? I mean, you mentioned the stats in February, um, you know, his true shooting mark in February, I think, is the lowest in the last two years that we've seen. Um, obviously, in the grand scheme of things, like his numbers are still incredible relative to to the rest of the universe um but relative to what we've seen obviously they're down a little bit and especially his scoring efficiency and i think some of this as well i mean i think we've seen him maybe run into teams that can defend him and and throw more bodies at him and and put tougher matchups on him um certainly the raptors right i mean the raptors have a lot of guys who are big bodies like siakam and og ananobi and you know maybe abaka is probably the maybe the least concerning of those guys but um guys that that aren't just gonna you know he's not just gonna be able to blow by especially if maybe he's he's got a little bit of a, a tender knee so um so i think we've been seeing that but I, one thing i thought was really interesting right because you know you would think that with a, a sore a knee that's sore that it would manifest itself especially in you know like back-to-backs and we've seen him obviously held out i think a couple times on back-to-backs um but what kind of blew my mind a little bit was when i was looking at his splits <laughs> you know you look at the day the day's rest stats 
he has his his best numbers are um, either he he does have great numbers on three plus days rest, but that's only seven games. He averages thirty three points and eleven rebounds per game when he has three days rest. But his other best numbers are when he is on a back to back and has no days rest. So he shoots fifty five percent from the field, thirty points a game, twelve boards, five assists, one point six blocks. I mean, you know, just crazy. Uh, almost 10, 10 free throw attempts per game. He's been tremendous um, when he is on a back-to-back. And, you know, I was looking, because I was kind of curious, like, well, is that maybe an early season number? Is he now wearing down? Like, maybe that was just sort of beginning of the season. And that's that's certainly part of it. Um, you know, the Portland game, we had 44. That was a back-to-back. Um, and you kind of keep going through through the um, through thing. His, his worst game was actually a back-to-back. The, the loss in Charlotte, where he had 14 points, that was a back-to-back. But other than that, you know, Lakers, 33-15, and 15, was a back-to-back. Um, you know, you keep going. Uh, let me see, what was the next one? Utah, where he had 37, including that Gobert dunk, 37, 13, and 7 assists. That was a back-to-back. Um, when he had 28-9-5 and five against the Rockets, that was a back-to-back. Again, not like a monster game by his standards, but obviously he was still pretty damn good. And um, and so it, it's interesting. You know, in the, the OKC game where he had the game winner at the buzzer, that was a back-to-back game. So, um, yeah, and also the 34-point night he put against Washington, his opponent tomorrow, that was a back-to-back on uh, January 6th. So, it's been really interesting to sort of see this because, you know, and this is, again, you you just tip your hat to Giannis, right? I mean, um, even in the last month, I'm just going to continue to scroll. Philly, where he had 31 and 18, that was a back-to-back on January 29th. Um, the Knicks game, where he had the, the game-winning shot, 29-11, that was a back-to-back. Um, and I think there was one more here that I that I, that just jumped out at me. Yeah, the Orlando game, where he had 32 points um, on efficient scoring, that was also a back-to-back. So, I mean... Bottom line, Giannis is incredible. It's hard to it's hard to parse here that like oh he just sucks on back to backs because his knee is sore. Um, I think it just goes to show like Giannis can do things that guys normal humans just can't do regardless. Um, but by the same token, you know, can you manage his minutes better? Because you know, interestingly, in January, I think you know things were kind of on a better track. You were at 35 minutes per game for the months of January. Um, he hit 41 minutes uh, on January 6 against Washington. And then hit 39 minutes one other time, but for the most part was in kind of the lower to mid 30s in basically all those games. And then played 40 minutes in that Miami loss, the last one on February 9th, and then comes out of the All Star break here. And unfortunately, he's cracked 40 minutes in each of these last two games, which of course is largely because they're overtime games, right? He would have been at 35 and 40 in those two games without it. But um, again, I, a little bit interesting. I, I really thought with Jabari coming back, even on a limited minutes basis, that just throwing you know 15, 20 minutes of Jabari in there at the forward spots that that would mean, well, at least Giannis's minutes are going to go down uh, a little bit, you know, and again, not that Jabari is replacing Giannis or, you know, letting you get away with it necessarily, because certainly Giannis's impact, I mean, the Bucks are like a minus 10, minus 11 points per 100 team without him and a plus six team with him. I mean, they go, it's night and day, right? Like what this team is with and without him. Um, but it's interesting. I mean, it, so far we haven't necessarily seen, um, you know, the, the absence of, uh, of, or the, the arrival of Jabari necessarily really help a lot. Chris's minutes are down a little bit, 35 minutes per game in February. I was just going to um, say, I call BS on this. Like before, so before these last two games, Giannis was down to 35.4 um, and 15th in the league in minutes, and Middleton was at 34.9. Like, two overtime games kind of did it in, right? Like, that's a small enough sample in February. They played, what, 10 games? 
um, that two overtime games, one where, uh, granted, he would have played 40 uh, that other night where because he, he had, what, 45 against the Pelicans? Yeah. yeah. Um, so he's going to have 40 there, which would have been much more than those 35, but it would have been a pretty normal night against the Raptors if they don't go to overtime, right? Yeah, yeah. So, but, I mean, again, it's like, you know, this is what happens, right? Sometimes you play overtime games, and, and how do you manage this stuff? So, uh, again, like, you know, I mean, I don't think anybody was saying, oh, you know, in the last five minutes of that Raptors game, well, you need to get him an extra blow because what if this goes to overtime? <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I don't think anybody was necessarily thinking that. But, um, you know, again, sort of zooming out, right? Like, how yeah. do you manage this intelligently kind of at a high level? And, um, again, we'll see. I mean, there's all these important games coming up that we've talked about. Um, you know, uh, usually Giannis has gotten, for the most part, when Giannis has gotten this sort of one day off per month, it's been sort of late in the month. He obviously had the all-star break here that gave him, you know, a little bit more time off. But, um, you know, again, you're going to have a Sixers, Pacers, uh, back-to-back Sunday and Monday. Um, and, you know, again, I'm trying to see here when the next back-to-back would be. It looks like they have actually a long spell. So not until the end of the month they get uh, the Warriors and the Lakers on a West Coast trip uh, back-to-back Um you know, so again, I don't know if that's when the Bucks would look to rest him. I'm not sure how strategically they're going to think about this. When we might see that, but um, you know, certainly all this stuff. I mean, you know, he is the franchise. How do you protect him? How do you manage him? That's that's kind of job one. And um, again, if you're going to want to do anything in April, that might mean having to sacrifice a game in in March or uh, early April. Um, you know, to to make sure that he's rested up and and ready to go. And again, from what Giannis tells us, unfortunately, we may not get. Real, real Giannis, you know, which is um, unfortunate and also exciting for next year, but um, we're just going to have to see how it evolves. I think one thing that's really important to talk about here is in him saying, hey, like, I, I'm not going to be myself, whatever. Like, in that he said, immediately after the season, he went to Dayton and worked out with Costas. Like, that was that was him saying, like, that was the start of him not taking a break. And as he talked about it, he's like, you know, when it came down to not playing for Greece, like I had to make a mature decision to not do that and do it. And like, I agree with him. That was a mature decision and probably very tough to tell your country like, hey, I shouldn't do this. An even more mature decision. And I guess this would be the galaxy brain mature decision. Don't work out a week, like a day after the season ends, like take some time off. That's what you should do. Like, don't. Granted, as as I said, uh, the day that kind of came out, like obviously none of this helps, like playing him forty plus minutes and all that. But at the same time, like save yourself, man. Like no one in the organization can tell you, like if you want to go work out a date, and they can't stop you from doing that. Like that's your decision that you made to go work out for a week and a half, two weeks immediately after this after the season. Like you could have taken a break, you decided not to, and I think. I guess my hope would be that this is kind of a lesson that, okay, you saw what happened. It manifested itself when you're with a grease team. Like you need to take time off at the end of the season. I know you're a basketball lunatic and all you want to do is be in the gym and you want to keep getting better. But like, that's, that's how this works. Especially if the bucks do start to make more playoff runs, like you do have to, to rest up. You do have to actually take time off. Like you can't be in the gym all the time, especially knowing his own situation, like especially knowing that he has this knee problem, like he has to know, all right, take a breath, chill out and actually take some time off. Like that is something that is 
absolutely necessary in the summer. And again, no one can really make him do that other than himself. Like he has to be in control and say, okay, not doing it. So uh, that's just one thing I wanted to circle because uh, obviously when you see stuff like I play too much and that's what gets aggregated and all that, like immediately everyone wants to jump on Jason Kidd, which is totally fine. Like Giannis was playing too much. Uh, There's no doubt about that in season. But at the same time, there was a layer there that was Giannis did not take care of himself. And that is important. Like he has to realize that he needs to take care of himself. So that was just one thing I wanted to add there. Um, because I, I do think, like I said, I think the Bucks are doing a little bit better job managing it. Um, getting two overtime games here has kind of inflated those numbers. Um, and I think as you watch this team continue to play more and hopefully not go to overtime a couple more times, that those numbers will come back down to earth a little bit. Um, but yeah, like you said, that can happen. You're, you're a team that is good enough to play a bunch of close games. Like overtime can happen. So you may need to go even further out of your way and get that instead of the 35.4, you need to get that down to 34 minutes a game, somewhere like that, where if you do get these overtime games, it's not making such an extreme bump. So uh, we'll have to keep an eye on that. Um, Wizards preview, anything else on Giannis and his knee, et cetera? No, I mean, the, the, I think the hardest thing for me to figure out is just, you know, the knee thing isn't new and, you know, I mean, as much as obviously I think we can question the coaching staff's wisdom about injuries and how people have been handled the last couple of years. Um, you know, I think the the front office has obviously been there's been a ton of turnover and turmoil um, there. The thing that I, I don't understand is like the idea that like, oh, he just needs to rehab this summer and then he'll be fine. I mean, shouldn't that have been a priority last summer, too? And and I know like, well, Giannis has to also know his own body and all that. But um I don't know. Like for me, that's what kind of makes me nervous about just assuming that, oh, they're just going to use. Because I mean, again, a, a summer is a long time, right? I mean, you got four or five months, depending on how how much you, you manage it, right? I mean, Giannis didn't even play in the first preseason games this year. Um, I, I don't know. Like, like if it was so easy and it was just like, oh, just put him on a rehab, you know, regimen last summer. Well, the knee thing wasn't totally new last summer, right? Like, I, I don't know. That's that's just the thing that I can't quite figure out that, you know, I, I, I struggle with a little Giannis. bit. Like, <clears throat> Yeah, well, I mean, because again, and it's not like Jason Kidd has had any control over his summer. You know, it's not. You know, I, I buy that Jason Kidd got in the way of maybe the performance staff doing what they wanted to do during the summer or during the season as far as playing him too much. But yep. you know, it during a summer, it's not like the coaching staff is saying like, "Screw you, performance staff. I need this guy." You know, <laughs> yeah. putting stress on his knees, working out right. Like that's where the performance staff obviously should have more say. So and like I just feel like. It, to me, it makes sense. Like a young kid, you're 22 years old. You're just coming off your best season. Like you wanna, you wanna have an MVP year next year. Like I get that. Like that, that's a totally human emotion. Like he just has to. To me, just the way that he talks about it, like he has to know, chill out, dude. Like turn the Kobe meter down to like an eight instead of the 30 that it's normally at. Um, like just, just turn it down a little bit. Like you got, you got to look out for yourself. Really? Like get there. There should be no one that can do this better than you. Like you need to know your body the best and you know, you gotta, you gotta take a rest. All right. Preview wizards. Let's do it. Um, the, All right. the Washington wizards are a good basketball team. Weirdly, There's, without John Wall, they are weirdly good at basketball. Yeah, uh, so they're still kind of just, I mean, 
there was the, obviously the big, big controversy. People tweeting about all oh, the balls moving better now that John Wall is out, and we're playing such good basketball, and John Wall's not happy about that. And well, they're playing pretty good basketball without John Wall. Um, I don't think there's really any way around that. Like they keep winning games, and uh, I, I think everyone kind of expected like this team. Okay, they're going to fall off a little bit as soon as John Wall goes out near, I think that was, what, the end of January? And, nope, they're just going to keep it going. And they really have. Uh, I think Wall goes out on the 27th. Since then, they're 8-3. and So 8-3 and since Wall went out. That's good basketball. And, I mean, it's not like they're playing – only terrible teams like there are some bad teams in there uh but also they've beat teams like the raptors and they've beat teams like the thunder and the sixers and uh the cavaliers like they're just beating good teams this team is is still good um and again i don't want to say it's the exact same as the pelicans because i think the pelicans have more serious roster questions uh but in a similar vein like anthony davis kind of stepped up and started playing much better basketball and insane basketball 53 and 17 tonight (laughs) plus five blocks which is just stupid um but Bradley Beal's kind of stepped up and he's playing a little bit better basketball and everyone there is playing a little bit better basketball and they're all relying on each other a little bit more moving the ball around and I mean they're just still a good basketball team so as much as you want to say oh all-star John Wall their max guy he's out this should be a win eh, I don't know it's still going to be a good basketball game yeah and Thomas Sadoransky who's um, I think what, is this his second year I know he was you know, one of these guys that was a, a draft and stash guy, draft in 2012, 32nd pick, um, stays in Europe a couple of years. He's a big, rangy guy. You know, I mean, ESPN lists him as a small forward because he's, you know, 6'7", but, you know, he basically has point guard skills. Um, last five, he's averaging 7.4 assists per game, almost 14 points, um, and shooting 65% from the field and 60% from three. Hasn't missed a free throw either in that stretch. <laughs> so, I mean, he, he's obviously playing extremely well right now. Um, and is a guy that, again, like, you know, he may not kill you with just John Wall type stuff, right? He may not drop 30 points and blah, blah, blah. But um, clearly he is facilitating the offense in a way that has been really good for this, te- for this team. And so I think it'll be interesting. You know, I thought, um, you know, the Bucks really won the last two games because they were able to take John Wall and Bradley Beal uh, away from what they wanted to do and and both those guys really struggled especially in the fourth quarters the last two games that they played um it'll be interesting to see kind of you know what we see in this game right without without john wall kind of you know a guy I and mean, certainly we talk about eric bledsoe settling for long twos and things like that well you know john wall i mean that's a lot of what he does he's he's not a guy who loves to shoot threes um and that's been something that that he obviously um you know he, he has just hasn't been as good this year offensively just not nearly as efficient as he has been and sadaransky has and and obviously they've had enough firepower from beal and you know Otto porter who's a guy who i feel like in previous years Otto porter porter always seemed to be the guy that you know, especially Jabari Parker would leave open in the corners to hit threes. Yeah. Um, he missed the first of the Bucks two wins in Washington this year, uh, and then wasn't great in the last one. Um, so I, I don't know. We'll see. I'm, I'm still waiting for the Otto Porter kills the Bucks game. Uh, I hope it is not. 
on Tuesday night. I feel like uh, we're due one because he, he hasn't. He's had two kind of meh games against the Bucks this year and missed the other one. So we'll see because um, obviously all those kind of guys seem to be clicking. And uh, again, I mean, they're not a super deep team, right? I mean, they've got you know uh, obviously a very solid starting five that's kind of clicking, um, sharing the ball well. Um, but you know their bench is you know Kelly Oubre is kind of the only kind of brand name guy on their bench in a lot of ways. Um, but again, they have, you know, enough guys like, you know, guys like Mike Scott, right. Tim Frazier, Jody Meeks, you know, guys who, you know, is it a given night where those guys actually contribute? You know, you just sort of hope that all those guys look like kind of what you expect them to look like and don't kind of, you know, do the stuff that, that you, yeah. you wouldn't, uh, you wouldn't, you know, expect them to do. So, uh, I, I, for, I, for, I forgot who it was, but someone, oh man, I wish I could remember it. I'll have to see it. But someone's like, I just keep, thinking about this Wizards team as the Sadoransky Wizards right now because like he's such a vital like a vital part to what they're doing right now which is again a strange thing to say about Tomas Sadoransky but that's kind of the way he's playing he stepped up into that role and yeah it's it's going to be one of those nights where it's I don't want to say it's the other guys because uh, they've been doing this now for about a month but it's going to be not the the star power of John Wall racing up the floor and pushing the ball even after it makes and doing all those things, like they're going to be a little bit different team. And um, the teams that I feel like this Bucks team always struggles with are the teams that are very much focused on playing team basketball, very much focused on moving the basketball, moving players around. And uh, Wall being out almost makes that makes them more of a team that the Bucks struggle with. Like if it is just well, okay, the Bucks are fine. Their defensive scheme can handle focusing on an individual player and thinking about pick and roll defense and doing those things. And now we've seen games against like the Nets and the Bulls where the opponents are just running around and the Bucks just have no idea where anything's going on. So again, we've talked about it. This post All Star period was going to be a test for this Bucks team, and tonight against the Washington Wizards will be another one of those. So uh, we will see what the Bucks have. So it should be a good one. We will talk to you after it. For Frank Madden, I'm Eric Name. This has been Locked On Bucks. We will talk to you after the game.